back to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development, broadcast from Hollywood Dash Radio Studios, powered by the Island City Media Group. Today, we are featuring an amazing uh, brother of mine, Kyle Pimenta, who lives here in Elk Grove, uh, who his medical profession and stuff he will share. He's just an amazing heart, and he has a great heart for people. But even more so, he has a, a great challenge before him. And this one we recorded today, uh, which was uh, August 10th. It's a Wednesday at 1 p.m. Um, he shared, I mean, he's on his 20, 221st day running consecutively an average of four miles plus. He's going to share that story along with his story coming from South Africa here to the States and finding his way. Now he is a medical researcher for UC Davis uh, Medical Center here at the campus here in Sacramento. And then he is a big time obstacle course racer. He'll share all of that here on the Coach V Show. And now, oh, thank you for tuning in. Always, I really appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show. And we will see you and now uh, next week. And thank you for joining in this week. And now a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Offering for your considerations, both in my insights and then also the featured guests that we have, these life lessons, success frameworks, and behavioral models that if you should find value in them, that you subscribe and deploy it all over your life, leadership, and business here on Island City, where the beach meets the streets, on the Coach V Show, where iron sharpens iron, together we rise. Today, I have a special brother who is on the show, who does so much community work with me. His name is Brother Kyle Pimenta. And Kyle was born in South Africa in 82, and he moved to California with his family in 1995. He graduated from the UC Davis, shout out Aggies, in 2005 with degrees in biochemistry and molecular biology and philosophy. It was there that he met his wife, Dr. Lani Duong. Shout out, doctor. Good to, good to have you and uh, good to have your, your husband on here. And shout out to you, another UC Davis Aggie. Uh, they married in 2010 and se settled here in the EGZ in Elk Grove, California, where they are raising their two lovely daughters born in 2013 and 15. Kyle has been involved in clinical research since 2002. His early career centered around research related to hepatitis C, diabetes, and HIV AIDS. He is currently a senior clinical research coordinator in the pediatric emergency department at the UC Davis Health. His team is part of the Pediatric uh, Emergency Care Applied Research Network, which is funded by the federal government to conduct high quality, high impact, multi-institutional research related to prevention and management of acute injuries and illnesses in children. In his spare time, Kyle is an obstacle course racing enthusiast. He has completed almost 100 OCR events and his highlight races are the 2018 Spartan 24 hour ultra marathon, uh, as well as um, he has been on the 2019 Obstacle Course Racing World Championships, also in Vermont, in which case I watch all of these on Facebook through what he's doing, and I live vicariously through him. And then 2019 World Toughest Mudder in 
in Nevada. He is currently on track to run an average, and this is why I invited him to be on the show. I love this guy. His professional insights is going to bring some value to the show, but the level of consistency to run an average of four miles every day in 2022 while preparing for a Spartan 24-hour ultra worlds uh, in Tahoe. So I am so excited to have Brother Kyle Pimenta on the show. Brother Kyle, welcome to the Coach V Show. Thanks for having me, Coach V. <laughs> Man, thank Pleasure you so here. much, Kyle. Kyle, let, let's just start. Uh, South Africa, coming coming here to the States, let's start there. Tell us your genesis point, being born in South Africa, your siblings, your mom and dad. Introduce us to who your mom and dad is and are, and then why come to the United States. Let's start there, please, Brother Kyle. All right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I was born in Durban in South Africa, which is a coastal city, a lot like uh, San Diego. It's a very relaxed vibe. Um, uh, I love love my country. Love. Um, I, I miss it so much. I've been back once uh, in 2011 um, since I since I came over. Uh, we came over because my dad um, was a contracting computer programmer and he wanted some experience in the U.S. And my mom said, OK, one year. <laughs> well, it's been a little bit longer than one year uh, and we settled down here um, and uh, yeah, built, built a life out here. My dad, um, my mom and dad were both born in South Africa. Um, my, my mom's parents were English, Dutch descent. My dad, Portuguese, German, they met there. Um, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> I have two sisters as well, um, an older sister uh, and a younger sister. So I'm a middle child. Nice. So I met you on the, uh, on the soccer field and found out you were from South Africa. Uh, so tell us, what are some of the life lessons for folks out there that might be struggling that came from another country? I came from another country. Um, and, and then just dealing with identity and and trying to find your way in, in in here in the states. Talk about that, and what are the life lessons that you thought are valuable that we could that we can all grow from? Yeah, um, you know, coming over uh, from another country was um, a process. We came over with nine suitcases, and the rest of our stuff was left in storage in South Africa. So it was a brand new start. Um, trying to build that credit line and all that kind of stuff, no car for a couple of years. Um, so it, it was, it was a lot of struggle. Um, but, but I very much believe that uh, struggle and challenges and obstacles, which is why I love obstacle racing as well, uh, is what builds character. Um, so going through that stuff while it's hard as you're going through it, um, that's sort of the necessary ingredients to make you into a person of integrity and character um, if you are open to to growing and uh, building yourself up from from that, so now I love that. I love that. Yeah, and Coach V always says it: life is struggle, struggle is life, misery is optional, and that's uh, really the struggle that forges either our will and desire to move forward and grow, or uh, stay where we're at and, and choose a comfort zone. In that, talk about high school. Where did you go to high school before UC Davis, and what are the challenges as a foreigner uh, just navigating bullying, um, not being quite, um, you know, American because you're not, and trying to just navigate that all that relationships. Talk about life lessons from high school, Kyle, and where did you go? Right. Uh, yeah, so schooling um... – was it was another one of those challenges because you know school I, so i basically transitioned into high school coming over here um right I'd, I'd gone through you know we we moved schools a lot um growing up so i think over the course of first grade to to high school i went through 10 or 11 different schools um so i was kind of used to navigating the change um which i think is sort of a blessing right um at the same time, coming over from a, from a totally different culture, um, where my my school experience was very structured and organized and disciplined, mm -hmm. um, and and trying to fit into a public school here in Sacramento was um, sort of a shock. <laughs> yeah, me. yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I I lasted one day in a public high school, um, and and I I was like. I can't, I, I can't even focus. Um, and so we sort of went the route of um, 
private school, a little bit of homeschooling for a bit. Um, but I went into a private school, which was very much the same system of a private school I was in in South Africa. And so that part allowed me to at least have some familiarity with um, what I'd experienced before and then navigate uh, the rest of the change in isolation or not isolation, but, um, you know, I sort of had at least a basis on which to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day, Kyle? You lasted one day in public school? <laughs> one day. One day is all I could take. <laughs> and what city and, and what high school was that? Uh, it was uh, Sacramento and uh, Natomas High. <laughs> Natomas High. <laughs> Shout out, Natomas. Uh, the shortest, the shortest uh, attendee in the history of Natomas High School. <laughs> and, and, and then talk about, uh, what about, like for me, it was really challenging because um, one, I wasn't very eager to, you know, take SATs back. You know, now SATs are a little bit different now, but back then take the SAT, have a plan for college, have a goal for going. Um, how, how did you uh, transition into now college, college, pre college preparatory classes, making sure that you have the right requirements to, to, to qualify and then also, you know, uh, go and apply for colleges as a foreigner. How was that struggle? And talk about some of the life lessons you learned there. Yeah, I was, worried, I was always very uh, academically focused ever since I was a kid. Um, so, you know, always gave my best and uh, um, got good grades and all of that. Um, coming to sort of a sense of who I wanted to be was... Uh, it was a little bit of a circuitous path um, in high school. You know, I was, I was about getting ready to graduate and I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I fiddled around with sort of sketches. Do I want to be an architect? I don't know. Um, so my, my parents kind of um, gave me this aptitude test to, side of, to sort of help me. Uh, it was sort of one of those, um, you take a test and it, it points you to what professions you might be interested in. Um, and uh, sort of, I settled on pediatrics. And so from that point on, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a pediatrician. Um, and so for the next 10 years of my college career, I sort of focused on that route. Eventually came to the conclusion that that wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, that's part of, uh, part of life. Sometimes you you make a choice and you go one way and then you come to a realization that maybe that's not quite the fit for you. And just to be flexible and be willing to shift focus as opportunities arise and so forth. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So, so you met Lonnie there mm -hmm. at, at UC Davis and, and then talk about that because you two are quite a, a dynamic group. She, she is a really a, an executive leader. She has very strong opinions, right? Um, she's not shy. We kicked it before. We love her. Right. And then so there's this notion of getting married and then there's the uh, reality of being married. Come on. Come on, Kyle. Right. <laughs> so, so talk about navigating that. And, and for all of us, uh, some of the life lessons it is that you would share about finding someone you wanted to spend the rest of your life with. And then how integral, because I always talk to high school kids and college kids when I get a chance to, to get in front of them and speak is that, and the number one person at, in my adult life that has impacted my life in general, in life, leadership, business, everything, is who I chose as a spouse. I mean, that is a huge choice. Above what school you go to, what you major in, what, what career choice, all of that. I really do feel, believe, and have, and have, have experienced that the spouse is a major factor in our overall well-being, our success, as well as our ability to really experience life to the full. Come on. Come on, Kyle. Talk about uh, that. Marriage, meeting money at Davis, all of that. Yeah. Um, so we were sort of elected to a, a co-leadership position when we were in a pre-med group in, at UC Davis. Okay. And, uh, and uh, we met to discuss the club and uh, basically talked about ourselves. And, <laughs> and from that moment on, I was like, 
Oh man. I mean, I wasn't looking for anyone. I was, I, I had one short relationship before that. And I was like, mm, you know, I don't, I don't really need this right now. I need to focus on school. And it's sort of just happened for me. And I was like, I know that this is the person that I want to marry. Like, I know it's mm. too soon. <laughs> but, and how did she but, react to that? How did she react to that? I mean, obviously, I didn't tell her that right away because right, 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 right. <laughs> you got game. But, I see you, Kyle. That's some game right there. So but, how, uh, talk, talk us through it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we were together for five years before we decided to get married, um, give it a good, a good amount of time. But yeah, I, I totally agree. Like she, um, she is the person that I trust the most in life, um, mm. to share everything with, um, and, uh, and supports me and, and hopefully I try to be a support to her. Um, and, and it's just, uh, you know, I, I don't talk to, I don't talk a lot. <laughs> you, know, you know me, I'm, I'm a quiet guy. I'm reserved. Uh, and part of that was like my cultural background and my upbringing. Um, I very much like to keep to myself and, and having that one person to be able to share everything with um, is, is just, I mean, there's nothing that compares to that. So um, she she is a doctor of pharmacy um, and does clinical yeah. pharmacy work. Yeah, um, and and also on the side uh, does a lot of advocacy and um, volunteering and helping refugees and all that kind of things. So that like I'm super proud of her for all of the work yeah, that she yeah. does and and how much um, she gives to the world. Yeah, and yeah, also to our daughters. Like she's an amazing mom. We have two mm. two little girls and. Um, I, I just love uh, where I ended with that. Oh, me too. Me too. Because, I mean, there's one thing to have a beautiful, like, because my wife is beautiful and gorgeous, right? All of that. Mm -hmm. But there has to be something to where you need to see that that same person could be yours and together with you in partnership for the rest of your life, but also help grow, nurture you together as a, a couple and then be a mother for your children, right? I mean, right. that's hard to find. I mean, obviously, with the divorce rates, they're still fairly high. But I mean, what you bring up in terms of being an amazing mom, I think I think uh, that that's a phenomenal thing that you and Lonnie have, and Martha and I, Martha and I share, you know, that that same experience of trying to be that for one another. So, so talk about um, talk about in Davis. Did you start to did you do anything? Because I met you on the soccer field and I was like, this dude's super athletic. You can run, you could dribble the soccer ball. And obviously I'm not a, a soccer player. I went out there for cardio and everybody, you could tell that. But like, where did you start to to, to spark this Spartan and ultra, ultra comp? I mean, just not like run 26.2. I mean, you're running 100 mile marathons and all that did any of that start in your childhood davis days high school talk about that well uh back in elementary school well first grade i really started playing soccer elementary school i was um you know track and field and and soccer and it was soccer as much as i could get like every break after school before school um i just i just love soccer um mm -hmm. and I, I always kind of said uh you know, soccer is life kind of deal. Like it's, it's everything to me. Um, and I don't know, I, back, um, so when I came to the States, I didn't really have, I went to a small school, right? The private school. Um, so I didn't really have a team. Um, you know, we had a small basketball team, but I didn't have any soccer or any running much. So for a few years, I didn't do anything. When I went to Davis, um, I, I signed up for all the soccer classes and, and all the, intramurals I could um and then uh 2011 I think it was I I saw this thing for a warrior dash um which is another obstacle course race back in the day um it's since folded but it getting out there it was it was just so much fun just mm. like getting out in the mud and the dirt and grit and um uh, climbing over obstacles and all that kind of stuff was just so much fun. It reminded me kind of of my childhood growing up, um, being in South Africa and just playing out in, in mud and whatnot. So I think that was kind of that little connection. Uh, 
And then from there, I transitioned. I did a couple Tough Mudders, um, which is another obstacle racing company, and then um, landed on Spartan. And uh, I did a couple over the years. And then the last few years, I've, I've done the season pass. So I've tried to do like 25, 30 races a season. Um, 25 to 30 a year? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I bunch them all into weekends, and I'll do about three or four per weekend. So right. it's about nine or 10 weekends a year. Um, and then I've, as I've built up on that, you know, I started doing the shorter distances. I'd do a couple back to back. And then I was like, okay, now I'm ready to try this ultra thing, 30 miles, 60 obstacles. Let's do it. Um, and, and then I've transitioned into like the, uh, the world championship type races, which is the experience of it is just, I don't know. There's, <laughs> there's nothing else that, like going to Iceland and running a 24 hour ultra was just in Iceland. In yeah. Iceland. Yeah. And just, just wow. to clarify, I'm not an elite racer. I'm not like competitive. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I would be a slower runner compared to those guys. Uh, but I do it for the personal challenge and, and my main competition is myself. So how can I improve? How can I grow? And then, the real thing for me is obstacle course racing kind of mirrors life. Like life is obstacles, right? Obstacles don't block the path. They are the path. And so say that again. That's, that's what, Kyle, that's what can you I say that again. Obstacles are say that again, please. Yeah. Obstacles don't block the path. They are the path. Like in life, we will encounter obstacles and we got to figure out how to overcome and how to navigate that. And so for me, obstacle course racing is sort of, preparing me to have the mentality to be able to when i get an obstacle in real life i know what my depth is where my limits are and how to move beyond them so yeah. i love that i love <laughs> that so so now let's talk about something that I, i'm always working with in terms of personal development professional development in my seminars is you know, a top three question is this work-life balance, which I've never experienced work-life uh, balance. What I do is I live out prioritizing what is most important according to time, place, and circumstance. The majority of the time I choose and design, you know, family time, right? I mean, you're not just a professional. You and your wife are high-performing professionals, how do you create that work-life balance? I know how I do with my calendar, but how would you recommend, like you're doing, um, you know, these 25, there's only 52 weeks in the year, right? <laughs> right? It's only 52 weekends in a year is to have that, that stuff and still be a high, like not just a good worker, but like a high performing worker within your industry, your wife is the same thing. And then you help our foundation as the director of soccer. You're doing these races. Talk to us about this notion of how you approach work-life balance. Um, yeah. I mean, balance in, in life and in, in anything is uh, super important. And I try to prioritize that, but I'm not always good at it. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think we always, all of us will will struggle with how to find that balance and it's like you know am i am i giving too much of myself to one thing at one mm -hmm, point it was mm -hmm. soccer i was pouring everything into soccer and then something else is suffering right and so the challenge uh is always how how do i build up my time organize things so that i am giving enough to my family like I, I don't want to just give them enough, right? I want to give them everything. Mm. But also, but also I need to give, you know, I need to sort of work on my own mental health and or I have to give to work and I have to get to that. So how how do you manage all of that? And that that's always a challenge is to try to figure that out. And I hope most of the time I'm doing a, a good job of it. Um, but I do know that I often failed at it. Um, and so it's just, I don't know, reckoning with yourself constantly. Um, how do I make myself a better husband? How do I make myself a better father? How do I be a better employee, et cetera, et cetera? I love that. 
And what I coach, teach, and train for everybody out there for this work-life balance, which, again, that is a unicorn for me. I have never met a billionaire or a millionaire where everything is balanced. They just prioritize. Uh, they just prioritize things. And one, if there's a mission and a vision statement for what they do within their companies, there's a mission and vision statement for them personally and then also within their family. And then that mission statement now needs to be reflected in the calendar, an annual calendar that's around 12 months to to big, big trips out five years, big goals out. And then you just make sure that the calendar reflects it and that you actually activate and execute on what it is that you put down. There's 14 calendar uh, days that are either off here in the States, starting from like New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, to then you get to President's Day, Valentine's Day, then you go into Mother's Day, Father's Day. Um, and it goes all the way from there to, you know, the fall, summer, Fourth of July, all that, that there's a plan and a design for that for family time to what you want to do in terms of these tough murders and, and the kind of obstacle course racing so for all the people that are out there, if you would look at what your mission statement is, look at your calendar, design it. And if you're looking at your calendar and you don't feel like you're prioritizing anything in particular, then um, or that you make sure that you're prioritizing those things that should be a priority, then you're doing well. But if you do not, what what often happens is you get blindsided by neglect and life. Right. Right. Kyle or mm -hmm. life or business or what we're doing on the job or extracurricular activities, the passions that we have, the hobbies that we have, marriage will remind us that we're off balance or you're not prioritizing depending on how you would do that. Would you add to that at all, uh, uh, Kyle? Any other thoughts as you as I say that? I mean, just, just trying to maintain that open communication and connection is because sometimes you'll, you'll be so focused on doing something that you lose touch with, you know, that's right. What your priorities are. And so trying to maintain connection with that and check back in, check back in with your spouse, with your kids, you know, um, I think that'll help a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this, this research uh, team that you're a part of, and you don't have to give away any secrets or anything like that, but just in general, talk about the dynamics of that and what you do in terms of leadership and what you do um, in terms of just all you do for kids and the studies and how that helps everything that goes on in the medical field in terms of impacting positively our society. Talk about that, Kyle, please. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I work in the pediatric emergency department, uh, which for me, uh, is, I, I love I love being there because, like I said, I was on the path to be a pediatrician. Um, so I'm in a place where I get to work with kids still um, and I have a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and and so, yeah, it's 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 amazing to be able to work on research projects that I can see how they translate into change in medicine and impact because, you know, medicine um, is a practice and it's constantly evolving and it's based mm -hmm. on new information and new developments. And, um, and, and we all know in emergency medicine that kids are not little adults, you know, different, different physiology, different uh, biological processes and all that. So, a, a kid is not going to respond to a drug necessarily in the same way that an adult will. Yeah. Um, and also a lot of our research is focused around how to reduce um, CTUs, you know, because that comes with certain exposures that we don't necessarily want if we don't need to. Um, so does it, if a kid comes in with trauma, a head trauma, um, do they need a CT scan? There are certain cases where um, there are certain signs that will tell you, yes, you really need to get a CT scan because we don't want to miss a, um, an injury that could be life-altering or life-threatening. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and in other cases, there's a gray area where you can sort of have a conversation with the family maybe um, to decide whether or not we want to do that. And in other cases, it's a mild trauma and the signs aren't there to suggest that we should do a CT scan. And so mm -hmm. a lot of our research is building sort of decision trees for physicians to use in the emergency department to help them decide when do I need to do a CT scan and when do I not. 
Um, and we do all, all kinds of research, mental health, um, uh, seizures, all, all kinds across the spectrum um, in emergency medicine. And that's the part that I really enjoy and, and also seeing the impact that it makes on kids. Um, yeah, I've been in this position for over a decade now. Um, and, and, you know, we've developed rules and, and, and things that are used around the world now. And, and that wow. is amazing. Like that's changing care for kids, um, improving care. So, yeah. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I, I love what you said, right? Like humans, humans are both kids and adults, but kids are not little adults in terms of our physiology and biology. I love how you said that and how the application of medicine and the approach to processes, protocols, and just how it is that we figure out what the symptoms are and diagnose that. Could you touch on that one more time? I think that's such a big, big awareness. I think yeah. that's huge. Can you touch on that a little bit more? And then, and then we'll move on, please, Kyle. Yeah, so there, there's um, oftentimes um, a new drug will come to market, you know, how uh, to treat, say, um, bleeding. How do we stop bleeding in a, in a traumatic accident? Um, and so that drug will be approved for use in, a, in the adult population. Um, and maybe um, we see that there's a lot of success with, with stopping the bleeding in the adult population. Um, but then does that translate to kids? Is that drug as effective in, kid, in kids as it is in adults? We don't know. Um, and so sometimes medications or, or treatment pathways or whatever are sort of just based on um, sort of anecdotal evidence or the evidence from adult studies. But then the research that we do helps to support um, that these medications or or procedures or whatever are good are good for kids as well. You know, that's awesome. Uh, we want to give the right dosing. Um, we want to give the right drugs if it's something different than adults, and et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Okay, that that is phenomenal, and I love that. And, and Martha is always talking like that, um, and, and the audience knows that. Uh, my wife is a labor and delivery nurse, and she's always looking at that. And my family actually calls and goes, hey, my, 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 my kid's got a fever. And I love what she says, too. She's always like, OK, look at the box, <laughs> look at look at the box and read what it says. And then from there, you make your decision. If not, just if it's something you think you, you can't figure out, I mean, go go to the doctor. Right. But usually it's all right there. There's just different approaches to kids and adults right on the back of the box of, of, of everything out there. Any public announcement for anything like that that you'd like to tell adults about? I mean, how important is that? Right. Because even me, I'm an adult and my wife goes, just look at the back of the box, babe. What does it say on the back of the box? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, my fault. Right. Anything that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, well, I mean that that labeling is based again on on research specific. So if they've done specific research research in children, then they can put that on the box to say this is the dose you need to give for a child. Um, so yeah, I, I would say um, if you're interested in in seeing more of the research that we do as an organization, um, PCARN is uh, 18 hospitals around the country, funded by the federal government. So PCARN.org, you can just go and have a look there at. We list all the, the current projects and past projects that we've done. Um, and for me, it's, it's like I said, uh, very re rewarding because I get to work with kids and I get to help improve care. Um, yep. I'm, not a, I'm not a physician. I'm not a professional per se, uh, but I get to sort of do the groundwork of going in and talking to families in the emergency department and saying, hey, this is a research project that we're doing. Would you like to volunteer to participate? Um, to help improve care and hopefully help benefit your child or another child in the future. That's right. And and Kyle just alluded to it. It is PCARN, P-E-C as in cat, A-R-N as in nancy.org. Correct, Kyle? Correct. Good. Let, let, let's get into the competitions again because, I mean, obviously everybody is can, can really tell um, you know, how, how and what you're passionate about in terms of research and what you do professionally. And even though you don't call yourself a professional, according to this guy who's running, you know, 
uh, 10-minute miles here and there casually, maybe two, three times a week uh, when I don't have time to go play basketball or soccer. I consider you like a high-level competition guy. Uh, you currently have a goal um, that you've started from the first day of January of 2022 is to run an average of at least four miles which I, you know, I just jump on there every day and check out what you're doing. You're doing anywhere between really five to five plus miles, right? Seven miles some evenings. I see you do that. So, but you want to do an average. Talk about that and why uh, have such a huge goal to run an average of four miles a day in every, 365 days this year. Why? Um, you know, I don't really know how it happened, uh, this year in particular. Um, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was like, uh, I'm going to sit, uh, it was a sort of a news resolution. I'm going to do a thousand miles this year. Right. Uh, and that was, that was really hard. Um, I, I found, um, some months I was struggling at the end, uh, to meet my monthly goal so that I could stay on target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I wasn't really enjoying running. Um, I was like, "This, this hurts. I, I don't, I don't like this." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Real um, talk. That's me right there. The whole every step, Kyle. Every yeah, step. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. This year, um, I sort of, I'm very motivated. I think by by badges and and medals and stuff like that. Sometimes, uh, so I signed up for all these Strava challenges and 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 so forth. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to to run every day, but I'm I'm sort of locked into that now, um, just because I I want to accomplish it. And also, I'm finding as I'm running every day, um, I'm actually enjoying it. I, like I don't think I've actually not enjoyed any of my runs so far this year. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> which right. Is, which is awesome. Yeah. So in that, let's talk about. Like, what day is it of the year is today being uh, August 10th? And how many miles have you run thus far? Ooh, uh, I don't actually, can I do the calculation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, take your time, take your time. Like, uh, how many miles have you done, do you think? I can tell you how many miles I've done, because I just passed, um, I think three days ago, I hit 1,000 miles for the year. So, you know, just just over a thousand. Um, I'll end up uh, probably getting a little over 1500 at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah. OK, so so uh, tell me the number of miles again that you think you've run so far. Uh, just over a thousand, probably 1020. So uh, one so one thousand and twenty. Right. Yeah. Today is 220 today is the 221st day of the year so hey siri what is 1020 divided <laughs> by 221 so you're doing 4.61 miles so far every single day of the year oh, that man. is freaking amazing that is amazing <laughs> man so yeah. how does the body feel? I, I know that, you know, and in, in, in there's five things that I coach, teach and train and I focus on with companies and organizations and individuals. Right. How a person thinks, how they feel, what they do, how they see things and how they say things. Translated professionally into now is what's, what's called mindset, emotional intelligence, performance, perspective and effective communication. Right. So how and you just said it's like, man, I, I feel like I, I enjoy it. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. now you enjoy it because you love these badges. You love sharing it with the community that you run with on the app. Right. Like all of yeah, that. Yeah. So. So how is your mindset thus far that you're doing basically four point six miles every single day for the last two hundred and twenty one days? Talk about that. Um, I, well, I guess it's sort of just um, I'm committed to it. So having having that commitment um, I know, you know, sometimes you fall off because you, you miss a few days and then it's like, oh, now it's really, now it's much harder because I have to motivate myself somehow to get back to it. Um, and so I think just having the commitment and staying on track with, um, with what I want to do and getting the little rewards in, in, 
in the badges and whatnot, right, along the way, which aren't that important. But um, I think that helps me, helps keep me motivated and keep the commitment there. Um, and that's what makes it easier to do 1,500 miles than it was to do 1,000 miles. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, and I teach on this concept, right? I mean, because consistency and discipline, it, 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 it really can achieve really big things. Right. And I teach this concept of 21 days creates a habit, 42 days creates a life that if you could do something consecutively for 42 days, but for 221 days, how does that even sound like you didn't even know. Right. You didn't even know you've done this 221 days straight. But a dude like me is like, damn, what day of the year is it? I mean, you know, I mean, I'm always thinking <laughs> that way as a success coach. Right. So how does it just, how does it feel? Let's start physically. How do you feel physically in this to 221 day that you're going to be running or already have one? Have you run already today? I have not, no. You have, So uh, how many miles do you think you're going to do today? Uh, probably four or five. Yeah, we'll probably run around uh, 10 o'clock because it's a little hot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so you do about five miles later today. So today... You, you will be your 2221st day. And for those listening, we're airing. It's Monday night here on Dash Radio, right? Thank you so much for tuning in on the app. Thank you for tuning in on the Coach V Facebook Live. Everything powered by Island City. You know, it is going to be a Monday night, but we're recording right now on Wednesday at a 1 p.m. Um, on August 10th. This will be Kyle's 221st day. Man, if you don't drop a, a comment in, in, in the comment box below, just, I mean, that right there. Because Kyle told me this during our free camp we're doing for kids. Um, maybe a few weeks ago now. Has it been a few weeks already? Maybe a yeah, few just, weeks. Yeah. Right? And Kyle goes, yeah, coach, you know, I got this thing. I'm trying to trying to run an average of four miles every day. I was like, oh, yeah, when are you going to start? Oh, I started already. I started on the first day of the year. And then I was like, every day? Right. So let's talk about how you feel, how you feeling physically of 221 days. You've done 220. This will be the 221st day that you're running consecutively an average of four miles. Yeah, I, I feel great. I mean, um, I did I did my first marathon back in 2010. And okay. I always thought that I would never do one again because my knees hurt so much for the last yeah, yeah. few miles. And I, I pretty much straight legged across the finish line because my knees were just locked up. Um, so I didn't know that my, what my body was capable of. Um, but part of it is learning, like, how do I build myself up? How do I, um, you know, cause it's not just being on your feet and your knees uh it's all the supporting stuff around that so all the mus muscles in the knees your posterior chain your hip yeah uh, your hips and all of that so it's all connected right um and then having the proper form and all of that so while i've been using these apps like the, i'm using the peloton running app and so forth i'm getting a lot of instruction um which you know helps keep my mind uh focused and not lost in boredom and all that kind of jazz but also um, I'm learning proper running mechanics and, and how to build up my body around uh, the knees and the feet so that I can function still yeah. and feel great. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm in the best, uh, almost the best shape. I mean, I, <laughs> I still got to work on my eating and, and that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, we love to eat, Coach V. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, and you're yeah. a vegetarian, yes? Or, or, yes. or am I saying the, the appropriate term? Yeah, vegetarian. That's right. Yeah, you're a vegetarian, right? So talk about that. Talk about the vegetarian diet, not having a protein or meat-based diet. How is that helping you? And how does your energy feel like? Talk about that, Kyle. Yeah, I've been a vegetarian for 27 years, so I kind of know how to do it um, to get the right protein and all that kind of stuff. Um, I still like my junk food and my ice cream and all of that. And so... That part, um, you know, every once in a while, I'll I'll use this app to sort of monitor my my food intake and all of that, and that then I can really dial in, really dial in the diet, diet and um, you know, I still can cheat and whatnot here and there, but at least I know what I'm getting in. When I don't pay attention to that, then hmm, you know, I can do all the running, but 
I, I've still got the midsection. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Real yeah. talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what really surprised me because I already, I've already wanted to get you on the show for a while. Then COVID hit. Then, you know, we can't be in studio still. So we did the Zoom thing. But two things really got me. One, just, just me, because I know how hard it is. Even on my radio show of Island City, I'm the only person that consecutively does a show every single week amongst all of the shows on our radio platform, right? So, and I know the struggle of being that consistent for like 52 fresh recorded shows every single year, right? But when you told me that, I was like, 365 days? And then I saw you freaking run around with the junior high kids at our camp and you were like, you were like just running around like you don't run at all, like every day. <laughs> that just blew my mind, Kyle. I mean, what an amazing feat. So let's do this. Let's talk about. Um, so thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Coach V show uh, here on Island City, where the beach meets the street. If you're just tuning in, we have uh, Brother Kyle Pimenta, who is a clinical research in. I think this is the first time I, I've, I've ever gotten this right. Kyle, of the five years we've ever we've always done these events together. He's a clinical researcher for UC Davis, and um, he really is always on the cutting edge, just looking at how all the medicines and how all the procedures within the medical field affect kids. Am I am I right on that? Finally, for the first time. Yes, sir. Man, I'm not the chancellor anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've I've said, oh yeah, he's the he's the chancellor of UC Davis Medical. Did I say that right? <laughs> that was like five years ago at our banquet. But man, th this guy is such an awesome person. Um, I've never heard him talk this much in my life since knowing him. So to get him on the show and to have him just open up like this has really been a new experience for me. But I know the wealth of knowledge that he has to share. Kyle, in that. Taking the South African move and immigrating here, uh, you know, only surviving one day in the Thomas High School, <laughs> going to private school, getting into UC Davis. I mean, UC Davis changed my life. Um, um, I met Martha while I was going to school there. Uh, Martha was at Sac State. Um, you met your wife there and then you became this high performing professional. You tried to be this and then you, you, you pivoted and took another direction that you really love. And then you found this competitive aspect of like Kyle against Kyle, right? That, I mean, that's what you do. I mean, it's just you against you, right? I love that. So in that, what would be like a Kyle Pimenta message to the world? Like, here's my message to the world. Um, I, there's an acronym I like, it's uh, FAIL. Um, and, and FAIL stands for first, uh, First attempt. First attempt in learning. Sorry, I lost the first attempt. Yeah, that's okay. That's yeah. okay. First hey, attempt in learning. Hey, you're talking to a personal development guy. I got these acronyms all over the place. <laughs> first attempt, right. yeah. I, I, I think that really uh, really says a lot um, about trying and trying again. You know, I, I when I did obstacle racing for my first 50 races, um, I could not climb a rope. I could not mm -hmm. do the rope climb, which you can do in elementary school, right? I didn't know the technique and I didn't have the arm strength to do it. Um, someone showed me uh, the technique on the on my 50th race and I did it. And and I was like, whoa, <laughs> like I, I can do this thing. All this time, I didn't think I could do it. So for me there, uh, fail stood for 50 attempts in learning. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I'm actually, you fail. Like failure is um, is an opportunity to grow and, and to learn. You just got to pick yourself up and keep trying, right? Um, and, and and then worlds can open up for you after that. Oh, that 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 is amazing. I love that. Could you share that acronym one more time? What does the acronym FAIL stand for? FAIL, first attempt in learning or 50 attempts in learning. <laughs> yeah, that's me, man. I'm the 50 guy in, in, in so many different things. So, so in that, what are the current um, professional projects that you're able to share? Just something that you could share publicly. Like, what is something that you're, you're a project that you're working on? And then next is also in the same question. Um, you shared that you're going to be doing some hundred mile races coming up. What, what's the focal point in both your a professional and then your obstacle coursing life, uh, racing life? 
Yeah, um, we have a couple of projects that are just starting up at work. Um, one of them is uh, dealing with, well, actually one that's ongoing is dealing with sepsis. Um, how do we how do we properly treat sepsis in kids? Um, uh, and, and then we have a few others on pulmonary embolism in kids because, you know, those are maybe things we don't see as often in children or or maybe they're just not identified as often. And so we're trying to figure out how do we, how do we identify when a child has pulmonary embolism, you know, a clot in the leg that then gets up to the nose or whatever. Um, and and uh, so, yeah, just a spectrum of, of stuff. Um, uh, we're, we're also working with uh, emergency medical services. Um, uh, EMS research was sort of built onto our network a few years ago and, so there's some research there um, about how to treat seizures in the field um, before the child arrives in the emergency department, because we want when a child has a seizure or anyone has a seizure, we want that seizure to stop as quickly as possible. Um, and so we're sort of providing some feedback in real time to, um, to providers in the field as they're on the way in the ambulance, how to treat children. Um, I haven't tried a hundred mile race yet. <laughs> uh, I think that, I don't know if that's on the horizon for me, but uh, you know, when I went, did World Stuff as Matter last year, I got 50. So that's about as far as I've got so far, 50 miles mm -hmm. with, with a bunch of obstacles built in. Um, I do have this uh, 24 hour um, ultra world championship uh, at Tahoe coming up. And mm -hmm. so that'll be another, I'm gonna try for 50 miles there. Um, there's obstacles every round and we're also at elevation. So that, that'll be a challenge to see, um, if I can come because world stuff is, was, uh, was very flat in Nevada. Um, so <laughs> we'll see, but I'm, I'm going to push the limits and, uh, you know, th that's what I love about doing this stuff is, um, I find the limits and then I work some more and come back and see if I can improve from last time. Yes. Yeah, I misread that because I wrote, he has completed almost 100 OCR events, not you're trying to do 100, 100 mile ultra events. <laughs> so that's my bad. My bad on that. Let's go shout outs, uh, Kyle. Who, who, who would you like to shout out here on the show? Um, I think first, uh, my wife, like uh, we talked a little bit about her. So Dr. Lonnie Duong. Um, again, she's, uh, she has a real heart for people and for helping um, those who are disadvantaged and disenfranchised. And, and so I, I love that about her. Um, my kids, Ada and Nora, uh, they're nine and seven. Um, just started fourth and second grade today. So <laughs> uh, they're awesome. And um, yeah, J again, check out Pecan. Um, I, I do a lot of uh, fun trivia stuff uh, online with my with, with a trivia team of people around the world called Phoenix Rising. And, and so I have a lot of fun with that in my downtown. But yeah, that's it. I love that. So here on the Coach V Show, uh, we put everybody through a hot seat. Um, my first hot seat question for Kyle Pimenta um, is, okay, so if I'm in Sacramento, what are two restaurants for vegetarians I have to go to? Elk Grove, Sacramento, Natomas, like what's a spot that that you go? Okay, you gotta go to this spot. Oh, oh boy, that's a good one. Um, I don't eat out a lot, or if I do, it's Red Robin. <laughs> okay, what do you Red, get at Red Robin? What what does Red the Robin has, get at Red Robin? They have good veggie burgers. You know, yeah, you yeah, make, yeah. Any other veggie, any other burgers, you can make a veggie burger pretty much. So uh, I get the Whiskey River barbecue burger there. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. With a Boca Betty, and, and I love it. <laughs> no, that's... Uh, that's, that's my that's, guilty pleasure. Yeah, I like that. Ice cream, too, man. I went in, I went the other day when you said that. I got on a big waffle cone, right? I just got two scoops, and it was huge. It was this um, pralines and cream from Baskin-Robbins. Uh, man, I woke up a, a pound and a half heavier, and I, I blamed it on the ice cream. It, I mean, I didn't blame it on the sodas that I drank the day before and any of that, but... <laughs> I love yeah. ice cream, so I got those guilty pleasures too. Two Another quotes. For me. We'll start with the first one on the Coach B hot seat. You've heard me say this quote before as well at my conference here in Elk Grove a year a year or so, a year right before COVID is, 
Life is struggle, struggle is life, misery is optional. What comes top of mind when you hear that Coach V quote here on the hot seat? I mean, that that totally resonates with me. I, it, uh, life is not always easy sailing. Um, I, you know, we've had some difficult times, especially in the last uh, couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to navigate, uh, being stuck at home, kids stuck at home, trying to do their schooling and work. You know, some days I just find myself like, going outside and like literally crying because I didn't know where else to go. Um, And, but, but we got through that and uh, you know, I, I just like to look back and reflect on, on things like that and struggles that we go through and see like how that impacted me and how that's made me a better person. I love that. I love that. Thank you for those insights. Kyle, last quote and the last question on the Coach V hot seat. When Coach V says there's money in the transaction, but the wealth is in the relationships, what comes top of mind for you, Kyle? Um, You know, always um, people first. Uh, in, in In any situation, you know, in my work situation, when I'm going in to talk to a family and, you know, I, I hope that they will enroll into a study, volunteer for a study because I think it can benefit them. But but then stepping back and, and saying, you know, this, thinking to myself, this person here is is in a moment, they're here on a day that might be the worst day of their life. Mm. Try to see that, that person as who they are and what they're going through at the time and try to relate to that you know um because that's that for me is what's most important is am am i you know treating each person i encounter as a person as um, Mm. a rational agent as you know all, all the things that they are and not as some just a means to to get somewhere where I want to get or or you know where the where the research wants them to get or whatever. So um, yeah, and uh, the same thing you know when we do the soccer camps, it's like I'm here to to teach you some life lessons and whatnot, but also I want to see you um, not just as a participant in this camp, but as an individual person and you know, what are your struggles and what do you need? And um, are you having fun and all that kind of stuff? So, yeah, phenomenal. I love those insights. So in that, you have the final word. I mean, for for a person who does keep to themselves, <laughs> what has been your experience? And then your final, any final message, uh, the floor is yours. Um, well, yeah, I just want to thank you for uh for giving me this opportunity, like you know, I'm like I said, I'm not a I'm not a talker. Um, I don't normally volunteer for this kind of stuff, but I have in the last few years sort of tried to step into roles that challenge me and force me to grow into being a leader, um, because um, that stuff doesn't always come naturally to people. Um, mm-hmm being a speaker, being comfortable, being in front of people, uh, being comfortable in social situations. Um, and, and so sometimes you have to work at it. And, and I've been fortunate that I've had opportunities to sort of slowly grow into that, uh, yep. whether it's being director of soccer in your camp or um, being in leadership positions in PCARN, whatnot. So I, I tried to step into something like willfully so that I can help myself grow. And so I hope other people can do the same. Oh, you're definitely, you're definitely leveling up and, and, um, and really just to see your growth and development. You're, you've always been just a remarkable human being before a person who doesn't like to talk, just know from a professional who talks for a living and I really try to impact how people think, how they feel, what they do, and how they see things, that you are a highly effective communicator, Kyle. And I really appreciate you coming on the show. And that to everybody who tuned in, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Coach V Show, your 
Hollywood Personal Development Radio Show, broadcast by Dash Radio Studios, Hollywood, California, powered by the Island City Media Group, where the beach meets the streets. And really, for Kyle and I, it is not just merely for the sake of success that we're asking you to consider what it is that we talked about today, but really for the sake that you be your best. In doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that everything that you work, dream, and pray for can be achieved in the way that you want. This is how your boy Kyle Pimenta and your boy Coach V lives all about faith and family. Grateful for God's amazing grace. We will see you next Modern Motivation Monday here on the Coach V Show from your boy Kyle and your boy Coach V. One love, mad respects, live it. Peace. Choo-hoo!